Hello, dear Spanky Lex listeners. Welcome to a special spooky Halloween episode with me, one of your hosts, Anna, and I'm in the studio with my co-host, Gregor. Oh, ha, ha, ha. hello. I'm your other host, Gregor, and today we'll be talking about vampire fetish and blood fetish and also a lot of stuff in between. So you mean like anything to do with blood, basically, is what we're here to talk about, because that's spooky. It's all our favorite Halloween topics, really, yeah. Um, Absolutely. And And for anyone just joining us, why has it taken you so long? But welcome. This is Spanky Next. It's a BDSM podcast, as you will probably know from the name. Each week, we usually sit down with a sex positive guest or someone in the kinky world to discuss something related to kink, fetish, and BDSM. But this week, this episode, we try to find someone into vampire fetishism, but it seems actual vampires don't like the living. And no one got back to us about coming on the podcast. It's very hard to find them. So if you are a vampire fetishist or in the vampire community, reach out to us and maybe you can be on the podcast for one of our future episodes. But yeah, yeah, so... But for this one, we're going solo. We're going solo, yeah. I mean, I think... And you know what? Why not? We love vampires. We have loads to tell. We were thinking of about an episode like this for quite a long time now. And I think it all started last year in New Orleans. Totally. I mean, my obsession with vampires dates back since I was, what, eight? When I got super into Buffy the Vampire Slayer. In fact, I have a tattoo of, well, not of Buffy, but related to it. And it was my first ever tattoo. First ever series I got totally obsessed with. I got so obsessed that I used to carve steaks in my garden and carry holy water with me everywhere. Really? Oh, I love that. I was quite a weird Um... kid. I had no friends. (laughs) Truly. I had no friends. I would go and like do slayer training for like two hours a day where I try and like find vampires in the like fields near me and bring wooden stakes. It was quite extra. I love that. You know, I've never really gotten into Buffy. I mean, I should kind of, but can you just... Oh, you should watch it now. Tell me about it. So the thing is, the thing is about vampire in, but the vampires in pop culture at large, obviously the, the whole tradition and lore goes back centuries. And obviously in New Orleans, there's like a huge community around it and lots of stories which we will go into but for me I've never also been drawn to much vampire stuff besides Buffy like I know that there's uh, True Blood and Twilight and all those things that people sort of maybe like a bit younger than me are into but the thing about Buffy was like the world it created made vampires just seem really normal like it was a normal part of this kind of 90s high school world and there were monsters as well and they were kind of cool and sexy, but they were kind of like any other human. And they had these kind of nuances to their character that wasn't just like blood sucking. And so I kind of loved it because it was kind of like 90s teen series mixed with some vampire lore. And that's why you should definitely watch it, Gregor. Yeah, I really want to watch it. Also, I think because, you know, I've always really been into vampires. I'm also, I think I'm also a bit too old for twilight and and all the other stuff so but it was basically dracula and all the, i loved the books kind of i i was reading a lot a lot also no friends basically so <laughs> yeah oh yeah so you did the like cultural things, i did the cultural thing stuff and all the gothic literature <laughs> and you went <laughs> and out carrying holy uh, water american yeah. high school shows <laughs> but anyway obviously everyone knows what vampires are we don't need to go into that but 
like you said, Gregor, when we went to New Orleans last oh. year after we went to a fetish fair in Florida, there's so many tours and so many yep. bars that talk about vampires. You can learn a lot about the like rich history. So why don't you tell us a little bit about New Orleans vampires? Yeah, so the thing really is, as you might know, as our loyal listeners know, last year in summer we went to Florida to a fetish fair and you can listen all about this in, what's the episode called? Our Wet and Messy. It's called our Wet and Messy trip to Fetish Con. Exactly. It's a really nice episode where we take you to Fetish Con. And after that, we rented a car and we went to New Orleans, an 11-hour road trip. Yeah, lots of fast food on the way. Lots of fast food. We really stopped every hour and uh, we stayed for a week in New Orleans and I loved it. It was really one of the coolest places I've ever visited and honestly I had no idea how alive all the mysticism is in New Orleans. I know I mean I, I kind of read about it but you feel it when you're there. My my one of my favorite moments was when we went to see the house of the witch academy of American Horror Story Coven and we do, we took a ghost tour and there they also explained us the story or they told us a story about this Louisiana vampire Jacques Saint-Germain or something is his name. Uh, something French. Something French. <laughs> and apparently he lived in New Orleans for over one century and he never aged and he always showed up to these very formal upper class gatherings and he never aged a day. And kind of he's basically like Madonna. And he basically yeah. Or he Cher. had Botox before it was even a thing. Yeah. So kind of and there's kind of real uh, up until this day there's real vampire communities in in New Orleans so kind of we started investigating a bit and we read a lot of stuff because there's not only vampire communities there's also vampire fetish because as it's also a big part of our pop culture there is this big role play part to it of course which is kind of a more cosplay meets danger fetish kind of vibe yeah I would say like, unless you don't do any of the blood play, you could just do the role playing. Get that. But if you are into the vampire fishes in the blood aspect, there is a burgeoning underground community of people that are also into this. And maybe we should do a safety warning at yeah. the top. This should always be consensual. You should always do it with sterilized needles if you are going to indulge in any blood play. And definitely seek out medical slash online advice before <laughs> i love medical slash online advice that's basically the two yes. most kind the same of thing. Yeah, trustworthy same sources okay but let's take it step by step step let's maybe talk about vampire fetish first and then let's talk a bit okay. about blood fetish or blood play so vampire fetish i don't know how was it for you because i think i could imagine what being that, into vampires <laughs> yeah that it's like a natural like I'm almost, you know, kind of uh, many shades of grey in between uh, just having an interest in pop culture vampires and then engaging in vampire fetish because I think it's something you're very interested in then, I don't know, I think I... But I'm definitely like, I think I, I would be on the very much vanilla side <laughs> of interest uh, because I'm not so into vampires that I would ever want to roleplay as one. Okay. Though, I... I will be going as one for Halloween. Oh, I mean, shock horror. I love that. But that's quite yeah. a, a normal thing to do. That's, yeah. um, so, but I think also if you're going to be in, there's going to be people in different circles that are just more prone to being so into something that they really want to like live it. And they really mm. want to role play as it. 
Uh, you even get this maybe it's not the same thing but let's say people that are into like Harry Potter or something you know you get people that like reading the books then you get people that really like playing Quidditch yeah. with their friends and dressing up and I have to say I think there's within the vampire role play fetish there's a bit of both I think you have the playful sort of more dress up mm. element and then you will have the more sexual role play and yeah. kink role play where it will lead to like maybe impact play or uh, some biting and things like that I think there's a broad spectrum there but I think we can agree on that it it starts as a role play I think the clothes are very important. I think the whole look, the whole style, you know, this kitschy, dark red rooms, you know, gold goblets, mm. uh, sort of, uh, what is it, corsets yeah. and lace. Really all the gothic atmosphere. Yeah. 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 Maybe it would even cross over with like kind of steampunk look. That kind of look, I think, is so integral to this underground yeah. scene. So it starts as the role play. I imagine one is the vampire and the other one is the victim. <laughs> victim. Yeah, or the... True, yeah. yeah. The prey. The prey, exactly. I would say it's like prey. Yeah. Yeah. So I think with like any vampire thing, it's like one's a predator and one's prey. And I think that comes into a lot of kink dynamics. It's just got this added kind of folklore element. What was that kink dynamic called the prey and predator there's a name to it you know like ah. um i know what you mean yeah. is it like it's a primal play it's primal play i think in yeah. that case it's very much linked to primal play where one is a predator one is the prey exactly and in primal play you might be acting out as sort of like an aggressive animal yeah. i mean if if you're into vampire law vampires are demons they are not human they are actually you know, in Buffy, for example, they would be talked of in terms of like a dangerous animal. They are not human. Mm. So it, that kind of analogy works quite well in this. Yeah, and I think kind of it really depends how you want to play out your vampire scenario. So it can be really, I mean, it could even be very romantic, no? And like you could have it, oh, I totally. think it could be very vanilla. So it's not necessarily um, a very hardcore thing, but it obviously it could be very hardcore. So yeah, I think you could start out from a vampire romance to really going to this hardcore predator prey. Totally. Um, impact play, yeah. um, blood play. If you think of like televisual sort of depictions of Dracula, mm. you know, films, TV series, especially back in the day, it was very much framed as a romantic role play yeah. that had this element of danger. And I think that probably draws a lot of people to it. You know, it is kind of they're sexy and romantic and the sucking and the puncturing. It's very sexual. You know, you puncture something, then you take their liquids out. It's it's an overtly sexual image, yeah. but mixed in with this romance and mystery and danger. And that's hot. I get it. Yeah. Uh, Gregor's nodding, by the way. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. <laughs> no, because... Uh, yeah, I was just thinking about also a lot of what um, Esther Perel says, no, kind of... As, of course you were, yeah. when are you <laughs> what, not? Like, like I always do. Every time, like, sex gets too secure, mm -hmm. if it gets, you know, too... If we feel, like, really safe with another person, it starts getting boring, or it can start getting boring. And I think what you just said, this element of danger... Gives it this additional kick, it. yeah, and it makes it... Yeah. Totally, yeah. I mean, if anyone that doesn't, let's shout out another podcast who we're not affiliated with at all, but we would love to, <laughs> is Esther Perel, the very famous sex and couples therapist. But it's true, I was just listening to her most recent episode yesterday about how being safe and secure in a relationship, though that's what we 
a lot of us strive for it is completely kills yeah. sex it completely kills sex drive in a lot of couples so role playing is one way that a lot of therapists will tell you to try and get the spark back if it's gone because you you're playing a different part you're playing a different role that's not the guy who comes home every day and makes you dinner yeah. you know and as we are not your therapists but your king podcast we suggest vampire role play <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> okay so okay. what types of vampires are there well from doing a little bit of deep diving, and I'm so sorry if there's anyone in the vampire community listening to this and they totally uh, disagree, write to us and tell me I'm wrong. But they're generally into two subcultures. People with a vampire fetish involving the consumption of blood are known as the sanguine. Is that how you say yeah, it? I think sanguine? So. Yeah, sanguine. 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 Another French word, I want to say. While those that prefer the psychic or the sexual energy of a partner are known as sinionic or psychic vampires. And both subcultures have an active network online and in person. So if you are looking to get into this fetish and it really ticks your boxes, there's a wealth of literature online and people that mm. you can talk to about it. Basically, one group that's very much about the psychological aspects of the fetish and one group that's about blood. The actual act yeah. of <laughs> doing of drawing blood. The blood. How about, I think we've taken too long to get to this point. Yes. What, what's the blood aspect? Come on. Oh my God. Let's talk about the blood. I kind of, honestly, when I started working at fetish.com and kind of, I came from a very vanilla background. And, no. <laughs> and you know, there's some fetishes you obviously hear about, like foot fetish, you know about BDSM, you know about certain dynamics. But blood play was one of the things that was really new to me because I think it's on the rather extreme end and I had no idea that people were actually doing this. So, Yeah, I think it's on the definitely on the risky side exactly, yeah. uh, of it. Not even like I kind of think there's more things that might hurt more. Mm. There's things that might be more psychologically extreme. But I think this carries like risks if it's not done well. Basically. Yeah, totally. So let's maybe talk a moment about the risks of blood play and how to prevent them. I think um, first thing we should talk about is uh, the the risk of infection. So because, you know, it's blood, it's a bodily liquid, um, it uh, can carry a lot of virus if there's any virus around or any disease. So please just make sure you know who you're playing with. Make sure to have all the objects you might use, you know, be that needles or knives mm -hmm. or whatever, have them really sterilized. Maybe also talk about what is it that these vampires do? Like for for the blood, is it they, do they bite and it comes How out? How do they like get in... the blood? Yeah. So it's blood. I think it's, this is not everyone, but consensual bloodletting, which yeah. is where a small amount of blood is drawn using sterilized to tools and then yeah. maybe after that someone will drink it or maybe just the act of that itself is the turn on exactly but yeah. it's generally not like bite in like a real vampire and let it gush okay. out unless yeah here you have a really high pain really a, a, a word of warning um our teeth are not made <laughs> to kind of bite <laughs> humans so they uh yeah so to draw blood they really are not so don't try it the only thing i mean what will mainly happen, people will kind of hurt a lot. And so it won't work. So yeah. look for your medical tool, being that needles or knives or whatever, have them very well sterilized. And sterilize and do not hit any veins. Oh, yeah. 
You really need to do your research before. You need to make sure it's in a place where you can draw blood without any complications. And if something goes wrong, have a backup plan. Have yeah. a. Oh, I'm, this is just off the top of my head. I, I imagine this is what a lot of people do, and I would have is to have like a fuck if it goes wrong. What are we going to do? Yeah. Who are we going to call? How are we going to get to a hospital? Are we near a hospital? All those kind of things. So without the disclaimer, let's go to the fun of it. Let's go to fun of it. Maybe one thing first. Um, so. In episode eight, we actually um, spoke to a medical, a medicinal dominatrix and who also does blood play and, you know, all the uh-huh. yeah, medical fetish. And um, she has a whole, you know, background as a nurse. So I think if this is really something you're into it, I would recommend get some training. Maybe, you know, you don't need to become a nurse, but just speak to somebody who knows and ask them the questions about what are places that you can do it safely, which instruments to use and how to go about it. And also then afterwards, how to care for the wound. This episode is called Blood, Sweat and Needle Play. You might check it out. I think it could be very helpful. Okay, let's get into the fun of it then, Gregor. Tell us. Obviously, you can't expect to get a huge amount of blood for kind of minor, kind of no, slightly hurting a person yeah, without causing the major injuries. So some people, they already get really excited by the sight of blood. You know, just having yeah. this dark red liquid leaving the wound really turns them on already because, of course, there's this aspect mm. of danger. Um, I think it's also kind of this extra layer of intimacy because it's not something you would do with everybody every day. And then some people even like to drink it. Oh, 100%. And I think the vampire fetishes, let's separate them from the blood fetishes. I mean, they go, they they fit quite neatly mm. together. But the vampire fetishes, I think, will be all about this whole ritual. You'll be really into the ceremony of it, the idea that you want to drink it because that's what vampires do. I don't think it's just the side of it. I think it will just be the whole act that's reenacting. Yeah you know gothic literature reenacting these films and tv series etc yeah and and i mean here again it's important that vampire fetishists can be into blood play but they don't have to be into blood play and some people no. who are into blood play can be vampire fetishists but you know they don't have to be necessarily either thing or the other yeah because i think you have like sensation play as well so like biting or you know using other things to mark the skin i guess maybe something that would be a bit like a wooden stake but not wooden might be administered as well like sort of to if you're in a role play slash you like a little bit of pain impact so you know it's a broad spectrum yeah but once again i think kind of the real big big uh, factor in all of these uh, different types of play is of course the psychological factor and uh, you know kind of knowing that something might happen not um, knowing when to expect it and how things will turn out in the end and we say it so often really map out your play before talk to you know have all the things talked about talk about the limits and especially when you engage in such risky things as blood play um have a safe word obviously it's important in most bdsm scenarios but this one is one that has the potential to carry a lot of risk so definitely talk before mate i know what's very vampiric making contracts maybe with a gold scroll get into it with uh with all the contract vibes you can make it vampire and write it in those letters that looks really old school 
but definitely have something in place to refer to if if something goes too far so what I'm thinking about if I'm listening to this and I'm thinking I would I'm really into blood play um I really think it's really sexy when I see blood etc what should I do next if I've never experienced it before you know should I reach out to an online community should I try and find a notable vampire online and contact them I would definitely reach out to an online community really kind of get in touch with people who are already doing it who are already practicing this and uh, see where you take it from there I think it also really depends if this is something you would like to explore with your partner or with somebody else because uh, I watched a couple of YouTube videos about people who are into vampire play and blood play and they say sometimes it's really difficult to find somebody to do it with. I bet. Because of course not, not everybody wants to do it and uh, then again it's of course better if you know the person because um, um, because the, of the risk of disease and whatnot. <laughs> I don't think I have any friends that would uh, agree to it quite frankly but... I, that's why I think finding an online community, getting to know them first, is very important. And you can definitely start out, for instance, on fetish.com. Uh, imagine. <laughs> imagine. Imagine. Who, who, who knew? <laughs> yeah. I think, is there anything else? No. I, uh, I can, that we haven't mentioned I think about the vampires? It's really, it's kind of, you don't have to go straight to blood play. But I think, you know, starting out with some vampire role play apart from all the sexy vampire stuff it can really be a nice idea to bring the spark back into your relationship and you know just be somebody else for one night maybe halloween but genuinely <laughs> that's actually speaking to me more than other sorts of role playing we're like yes you can be angel and i'll be buffy it's very easy you should definitely try it i'm actually a bit disappointed well, me that and you I, me and my I know me yeah. and my uh, my partner said after all these years, how have we not done I know. Buffy and Angel I as a Halloween thing? You should really do it and then come on the podcast and talk about it. Yeah, he kind of has a look of a vampire, you know. Yeah, yeah, bones. true. That might, I think that might happen for Halloween on Tuesday. So hold this space. I will put, if this does happen, I will put a photo on our Instagram page and you should check it out. Please do it. And and what are you going as, Greg? Oh my God, tell, I'm tell going people. as um, bloody slutty Jesus. Um, yeah, of course <laughs> Because you I'm turning 33, Jesus's age. It was actually Anna's idea and I just laughed it off. But then I started thinking about it. And I really loved the idea. So Amazing. Okay. Well, okay. Rambling on now. So but, Halloween. Yeah. All you listeners out there, my favorite time of the year. It's, I think it's, it's my favorite holiday. time of the year yeah. for mine. Totally. I just think it's so, it's so silly. Yeah. And fun. That's why it's so great. All the other ones are so religious and everything. Exactly. This is fun. So vampires out there, we see you. We love you. We hear you and we hold space um, for you. <laughs> and we hold space for you to do what you need to do to get off. Don't kill anyone though. That, that's quite important. Keep it safe. And keep it safe. Keep it kinky. Uh, keep it consensual. <laughs> and the rest of you have a very spooky Halloween. Happy Halloween, everybody. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe to Spanky Next on Spotify, Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Instagram at Spanky Next Podcast. If you'd like to connect with people who share your kinks, sign up to fetish.com for free or download the Fet app from Google Play Store and the App Store now. 
And for any one of you who is looking to deepen their knowledge of kink, head to the BDSM training school on fetish.com and enroll in a course now. And last but not least, shout out to our producer, Billy Cragen, our kinky team, and everyone who makes this podcast possible. 